tonight, we're going to begin uh, and continue to study the Beatitudes. Today's the first, the first Sunday we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. We'll probably take a, a little break on Mother's Day, but uh, we're going to follow through the Beatitudes for the next few weeks. And the Beatitudes are found in Matthew, the fifth chapter. I'd like to just read this to you. It's a time when Jesus, early in his ministry, was out teaching. And he just went up on a mountain, he sat down, and he started talking to his disciples. And that's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, it starts with what is called the Beatitude, all the blesseds. And so we're gonna, I'm going to read them for you right now. It says, In seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on a mountain. And when he was, was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets who went before you. So we see in these verses, Jesus starts out and he, he talks about people that are blessed. And he, he talks about different blessings. What does it mean to be blessed? Well, the dictionary says, blessed means to enjoy happiness bringing contentment and pleasure. Um, Biblically, blessed is when God extends his benefits to us. Describes describes a believer's enviable position from receiving God's favor. We are blessed. We're a blessed people because we receive God's favor. In other words, it's not just a matter of, you know, happiness is okay, and I think that's that's maybe a part of it, Um, although I think we can be blessed and always be happy. But uh, contentment, you know, having pleasure. But, you know, it goes beyond that. It's, it's receiving God's blessing. It's receiving God's favor. And he wants to let us know that he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be blessed. So the first one we're going to look at today is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word poor means to shrink, cower, or cringe, as in a beggar. One who has nothing but has his hand out to receive something, deserving nothing. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a picture of, of our position, you know, a beggar, reaching out to receive something knowing that we deserve nothing. And I believe it's important for people to realize that, first of all, to be blessed by God, we've got to realize our position. And our position is one of poor in spirit. You know, without him, we are poor in spirit. We realize we're spiritually destitute, dependent upon God. You know, a lot of times I believe people have trouble receiving from the Lord. They have trouble receiving salvation. They have trouble receiving blessings because they don't feel that need. You know, so I think it's very difficult to share the gospel. You can share the gospel with people. It's difficult for them to receive it if they don't feel like they got a need. You know, if I'm self-sufficient, I got everything, everything's going my way. You know, I know it, I know everything. 
I don't have a need. The scribes and the Pharisees, I believe, fit into that category in many ways. And the scribes and Pharisees pretty much thought they had it all figured out. They pretty much thought they had the answers. They pretty much thought they were pretty good people. They thought their life was together, and they spent a lot of time proving that and keeping that pattern so that they could say that they were good. And so I believe it was because of that that they had a real difficult time receiving. They didn't really feel like they were poor in spirit. Because in Scripture, we find that Jesus, when he reached out, the people that received him were the ones that were very needy. You know, prostitutes. People that have various physical needs. You know, people that knew they had a need. They knew they were poor in spirit. In Romans, the third chapter, it says, For we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We all f- sin and fall short. You know, and unless we come to that point and understand our need, unless we realize that we're poor in spirit, that, you know, without him, we're broken. Without him, we're lost. Unless we come to that point, then we don't receive him because we don't feel like we have a need. We pretty much feel like, What's the point? What's the point? I don't know if you've ever shared with very many people, but if you've ever shared with somebody that felt like they had it all together, it's very difficult for them to think about why they need a God. Why do I need God? And if they're a fairly good person and they don't have a real sin consciousness, well, I live a good life. I live a good life. Maybe they come from a good bloodline, whatever that means. You know, come from a good family. The Bible says we have all sinned. Covers everybody. We've all sinned. You know, I tell the story a lot of times at funerals, and I'm sure I've mentioned it in sermons. But I always say if we lined everybody up on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and I said jump, we would all fall short. You know, we're all going to end up in the canyon. We're all going to fall short, all of sin. You know, it doesn't matter how good you jump. You know, some may jump better. Some may jump a little further. Some may look better in their jump. But we're all going to fall short. And it's the same way with, with who we are. We've all sinned and come short. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what we've tried to do. Doesn't matter how good we are. Doesn't matter where we've come from. Doesn't matter what other people think about us. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I believe it's harder for some to believe that than others. You know, for some people, that's pretty easy. The other side of it is some people get so bad that they say, well, God could never forgive me. I'm so bad. I'm so bad, God could never. How could God ever forgive me? I'm just, I'm just. And then they need to know that we've all sinned. It doesn't matter how good we are, how bad we are. We've all sinned and come short. One of my, one of my, and I, I did this a little bit at um, Lane Kleinschmidt's funeral. But I always wanted to say that, uh, you know, the, you know how a lot of times, not always, but you know, people want to say at a funeral how good they are. You know, well, they were such a good person. You know, they were such a nice person. Boy, if anybody's going to go to heaven, they surely would go to heaven. And I always wanted to stand up and say, you know, they were just kind of a scoundrel. You know, they irritated everybody. They were just kind of a good for nothing. But you know what? 
they received the forgiveness that only God can give through Jesus Christ. And, you know, I said that a little bit at Lane's because I, I, I felt I could finally take that risk because I don't feel that comfortable in all situations, obviously. But, you know, isn't that the truth, though? Isn't that the truth? The truth is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've all sinned. We've all sinned. So we need to understand our position. We need to understand our condition. We have to admit that we have a problem. We have to admit that we're poor in spirit. We have to come to that point that we have a need, our helpless condition. There was an old hymn that came to my mind as I was thinking about this. It says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Nothing in, I don't have anything to offer. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter your achievements, it doesn't matter. I have nothing to offer. I'm poor in spirit. We're all in a helpless condition. That's, that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And we have, to, we have to get to that point. We have to understand that. We have to understand our need. And then it says, or that, then, then we have to turn to Christ. In Ephesians, the second chapter, Ephesians, the second chapter, the eighth verse. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Nothing we've done. We have to turn to Christ. We have to turn to Christ. It's by grace we're saved, not of ourselves, not by anything we've done, not of works, because, you know, if it, if it had something to do with my works, you know what I would do? I'd want to boast about it. I'd want to boast about it. I'd say, well, you know, surely, surely I've done enough. Surely I do good. You know, some people have a concept that we're trying to get through this life and we have this big scales and we want to get just enough good that we can tip the scales in our favor so that God accepts us. The reality is the scales is already way tipped. You can't, you can't do enough to get the scales back. We've all sinned and come short. So there's nothing, there's nothing to do to try to earn our salvation. Earn our salvation. We accept what Christ has done for us. We accept that. What does it mean sometimes to accept that? Well, I have to just say, this is who I am, and this is what God has done for me. This is what God has done for me. I'm separated from him. I'm apart from him. And God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And when he died on the cross, then he reconciled my relationship back to God the Father. That's the only way. That's the only way. That's the only way it can happen. I have to turn to Christ alone. And then then I think something that we don't always talk about, but I believe that as I turn to him, then I have to realize that I need to repent. You know, I just, I just, sometimes I think people think that, well, I turn to him and then I'll just uh, accept him and then I'll just go on my merry way and everything will be fine and I'll just do whatever I want. I can just live the way I want and then God will just bless me because he's such a good guy. He'll just bless whatever I do. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance. We have to not just come to him, but we have to come in repentance. We have to turn away from 
since we've all sinned and come short, we have to be willing to turn away from that, from that lifestyle, from that living, that I turn away from that and I want to now follow him and serve him. There has to be a repentance. You know, if it's just accepting Christ, then I get to live my life wherever I want. I get to keep doing the things I always did, and I just kind of kind of go on, and God will just kind of put his hand on me and take care of me. It's wrong. It's a misconception. It's a misconception. There has to be repentance, that we should all come to repentance. We have to be willing to turn from, you know, and go a different direction. Now, are we perfect? Are we going to live a perfect life? No. No. But our desire is to turn and to follow him. Our desire is now to obey him. Our desire is to do what he wants. Our desire is to follow him. You know, it's not, it's not like, well, I'll accept him and then see how much I can get away with. You know, some people, that's kind of, I think sometimes the idea, well, I'll accept him and then see how much I can get away with. No, we follow him, and then we want to obey him. We want to obey him. It says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom. That we now become part of a kingdom. And we're part of God's kingdom. We're in this world, but we're part of a kingdom. We belong to a kingdom. And that's what he's called us to. In Romans 1, 12 and 13. That doesn't seem right. Um, it says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together, that by the mutual faith, both of you and me, not that I want you to know, be unaware, brother, that I often plan to come to you, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. You know, it, it tells us that, you know, when we become, when we follow him, we become part of his kingdom, that we become as children. We become as children. The Bible says unless you become like little children, you can't enter the kingdom of God. We have to be like little children. We have to be that trusting we have to receive what God has promised. We have to receive what he's promised us. And then we're blessed. We're blessed. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And you know, I thought about this when I thought about this message. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, what about the scriptures that say, I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me? What about the scripture that says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me? That doesn't sound like poor in spirit. That sounds like, you know, wow, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is very true. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. That kind of gives me a whole different picture than blessed are the poor in spirit. And I thought, well, now are these conflicting ideas? Are these conflicting ideas? You know, which am I? Am I, am I, am I, I can do all things through Christ or am I poor in spirit? You know, what I thought about, I thought, you know, first of all, to get to him, you've got to be poor in spirit. To get to him, to be blessed and get to him, you have to be poor in spirit. You have to understand your condition. And then I believe that once we're part of his family, I believe then the scriptures that says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. 
But here's what I also believe. That you can never lose sight of the fact that you're still poor in spirit. That you still, no matter what, you still need His grace and mercy. If I ever get away from that point, if I ever get to the point that I think, you know what? I finally got this. I got this thing figured out. I can, why? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I can do everything. I, I, I. It's not I. It's I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Once in a while, Christians get the I too big. Sometimes we lose sight of being poor in spirit. Sometimes we lose sight of where we came from. And I believe for a Christian, we never, never should lose sight of that. Never lose sight of, you know what? I still need his grace and his mercy in my life every day. I need all that he's done for me. I'm dependent upon him. I'm dependent upon him. I'm not self-sufficient now. I believe he's there to help me do things probably beyond my understanding and comprehension. But by the same token, I know that I have a need because by myself, I'm still poor in spirit. By myself, I still need him. And so I, I can never let that get to a point where I maybe become arrogant or, or brag about what I can do or what God can do through me. I make sure that when things happen that he gets the glory because it's him. And so we become, we become dependent upon him. We, never need to, we should never lose sight of that, that we're always dependent upon him. In Philippians, the second chapter, Philippians, the second chapter, the 13th verse. For it says, it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God who works in us. It's it's always got to be my dependence upon him. And, you know, sometimes I believe God, you know, and he gives everybody different gifts and abilities and talents. And no matter how blessed we are, no matter what our gifts and abilities and talents are, we never should forget that we're still dependent upon him because he's the one that gave us that. That it's his job and it's his will to work in us, to do his good pleasure. That I'm always dependent upon him. I'm always dependent upon him. That I don't ever get to a place where I'm not dependent upon him. My observation is that if we get to that place, God has ways of wanting us to remember his dependence upon him. And he will do things to make sure that we kind of remember that. And it almost seems like periodically he has to do that to remind us of our need for him and our dependence upon him. I believe, I believe as Christians, if we don't lose sight of that, and I believe it's, it's a something that I think we need to probably constantly remind ourselves is, is our need for him and where we came from. And without him, we can do nothing. That we're blessed, we're poor in spirit. That, you know, we, we're needy. We need him. We're needy. We need him. We're dependent upon him. In Ephesians, the third chapter, the seventh verse. Ephesians 3, 7. Paul says, 
of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace God gave to me by the effective working of his power. You know, Paul the Apostle said, I became a minister according to the grace, the gift of the grace of God given to me, effective by the working of his power. You know, other place in Scripture, Paul told the people, he says, when I came to you, I came in fear and trembling. I personally think that Paul never got to a place where he thought, you know what, I've kind of got this figured out. I've kind of got this figured out. I, I can kind of, I can just kind of do this. I can do this on my own. I don't even, I don't even need God's help anymore. I've kind of, no, Paul says, you know, it's according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Now that all points to our need for him. You know, it says, Lord, I need help. And no matter where I get to, no matter what I'm going through, I need your help. I need your help. Whether things are going good or whether things are going not so good. You know, sometimes I believe for Christians, myself included, sometimes when things get going too good, I don't know if there is such a place, but, you know, sometimes things are better than others. But, you know, if things get going too good and everything's real smooth and everything's kind of going just the way you think it ought to go, I find that I can tend to think, well, this is nice and this is good and this is kind of a nice place. I kind of like this. And maybe I can get a little complacent. Maybe I can get to a point where I'm not quite praying like I should. You know, I'm kind of just going along and things are kind of working out well. And then what happens? Something comes along. And something comes along and then what do I do? Well, you know, sometimes the first thing I do is a panic. Oh, no. And then after I panic for a while, then I think, oh. And I hear people say, this, oh, I need to pray about this. Oh, I need to pray about this. I need, I need to remind myself that I'm still dependent upon Him. And then I realize, Lord, forgive me for getting to a place where I wasn't really trusting you like I should. A place where maybe I was just kind of going through the motions and things were going well, and maybe I was just kind of taking you for granted. And maybe I was, I was just kind of lost my, lost my zeal, lost my, lost my way. And then God in his grace and mercy, he meets us there. And we, we, we pray and we get back to where we should. We were talking in Sunday school this morning about tests and trials. You know, I believe that we get ourselves in places where God has to send things to kind of wake us up once in a while. I don't know if it's possible. Maybe it's possible that we could keep some of that to a minimum if we kind of kept on the right track. I'm not sure about all that. I'm not... I don't know how all that works for sure. But I do know that when I get off track that I can realize where I'm at. And then I can say, you know, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Get me back. Help me to trust you again. Remind me that, Lord, I need you. That I need you. Because blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who understand that. Blessed are those who know that. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
So I think no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've gone through, we need to, we need to always remind ourselves that we need him, that we need to trust him. We need to hear from him. We need his guidance. We need his direction. You know? And I believe that once in a while then he will, out of his love. The Bible says, you know, that God disciplines those he loves. And I think sometimes that's part of our discipline. You know, is when we get complacent, when we kind of get to where we're kind of not trusting him like we should. I believe then he sends things. He disciplines us because he loves us. Because he doesn't want us doing that. He doesn't want us going off and not trusting him and seeking him and following him, doing what he wants. But we, I believe, can remind ourselves. And I believe that's one thing about fellowship. You know, that's one thing about coming together. You know, that we encourage one another, we remind one another. Sometimes if I'm left to myself and stay to just myself, I can get myself in all kinds of not-so-good places. But, you know, sometimes when we remind, we're around each other. Sometimes I believe that's why testimonies are good. You know, we hear somebody's testimony of what they went through. It reminds us, oh, wow, yeah, I need to trust the Lord. You know, in two or, th- uh, I don't know, maybe three weeks. Three weeks, I don't know if it's three. About three, could be four, but in about three, three or four weeks, we're going to have uh, Pam's um, and Tom's daughter come and share their testimony of what they went through, you know, with their, with their daughter and the healing. You know, it's good to hear testimonies. It's good to be reminded what the Lord does. You know, it's good to listen. It's good to listen as a reminder that, you know, thanks be to God. That I can remember that, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. That I have a need. I have a need. I need him. What there's reminds me of another song. I need thee what? Every hour. Every hour. I need thee every hour. You know. We don't always think about that. We don't always think, wow. But that's our need. We need him all the time. We need him every hour. And I believe then we're blessed. We're blessed. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that's, number one, never made that decision to accept you. They've never received you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, you would encourage them to do that today. Today is the day of salvation. Putting things off never helps anything. So, Lord, if there's, ever, if there's anyone that's come to that point today, I pray that you just uh, help them to receive you. Lord, I pray you just remind the rest of us that, that we are poor in spirit. That, Lord, we always need you. No matter how good things are going, no matter where we're at, no matter how much we know, no matter how much we got figured out, Lord, we need you. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy for each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we admit our dependence upon you. Heavenly Father, I just pray if anyone has a need this morning for prayer, if they've made a decision to accept you or or maybe they have a need for healing or whatever their need might be that you'd encourage them to come up and let Tom and Pam pray for them over to my left as we uh, pick up this morning. And uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for ministering to us. Lord, just uh, help us to encourage one another. 
Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. We do 